there's two ways to go about um, dealing with dysfunctional behavior. The first one is applicable when the, when the behavior is so disruptive that it really um, eliminates, essentially eliminates the possibility for any quiet space in our lives, that it's so disruptive. Um, examples of this might be that if we're addicted to drama to the point that it is always happening, that we're always in conflict, that we're always in some stage of manipulating or being manipulated, that it is um, you know, basically a real life ongoing soap opera. Um, another example might be if um, we're prone to anger, outbursts to the extent that um, you know, they're frequent enough that it costs us relationships and then we spend a great deal of time um, in regret or self-justifying thinking or blame or those kind of secondary um, behaviors, right? So again, it can just consume our life to the degree that, um, you know, we never get to the point of being peaceful enough to really relax into um, an opportunity to, to investigate what we really are. Okay, so um, normally I don't talk about method, but I will in this case. So when we have really disruptive kinds of conditioning, um, like these examples, um, you sort of have to deal with it first um, before you'll really be able to access a quieter space um, to investigate things at a, at a more subtle level. And um, okay, so here's, here's a method for dealing with it. First, four steps, right? First step is own it yourself. Just, just um, it has nothing to do with the other person, never, right? Okay, so that just, that eliminates a lot of the, you know, possible mental activity. Um, the, the second thing is to just disregard that whole tendency to, um, you know, self-justify, to assign blame, to decide who should have done what or not do what. That whole, um, you know, you know, <laughs> the day after quarterbacking, you know, what should have happened, right? So first thing, own it yourself. Second thing is just to avoid the whole um, blame game. Uh, the third thing is, is to really look closely at um, the triggering event, right? The kind of situation that triggers that characteristic. And the fourth thing, look at the storyline, you know, what self-justifying stories or you're telling yourself about that disruptive behavior um, that you're believing that aren't really true. <laughs> so those four things, own it yourself, avoid the whole blame game, look at the triggering event, try to understand that mechanism and um, you know, really explore the underlying storyline that sustains the pattern 
stories that we tell ourselves about how the world should be or how the other person should act or what's right or what's wrong, all of those kind of stories. Um, the other thing about this uh, you know, really disruptive behavior like this that really grabs us and takes us for a ride is that um, a lot of times it can happen so quickly that we don't even, you know, it's, it's in full bloom before we even knew there was a bud there. Um, but this process that I'm talking about um, can, over time, tend to see the mechanism more and more clearly. And so we still, when a triggering event happens, we still might not have, you know, awareness in that moment, but maybe instead of it taking months, maybe it only takes weeks to get some clarity about it. Then over time, maybe days or hours instead of, you know, lingering for months or or longer, okay? So, and then eventually um, that ability to, to really investigate the whole mechanism um, becomes clear enough that, it, that the, the triggering event may cause an internal impulse, but the lag time has lessened to the point that now that awareness arises in the midst of the event rather than afterwards. So that, that whole, you know, lessening the lag time um, progression may take some time, but um, that will be the direction, you know, when we really look closely at it. <clears throat> 